You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is January 8th, 2020, the Wednesday Night Wars. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast, talking about AEW Dynamite, talking about NXT on USA. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by the Blueprint, Matt Morgan, and Justin Labar. And guys, we got the shadow of Monday night tonight on this podcast to live up to. All of our fans talking about Monday night show. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but we're going to swing for the fences this evening. <laughs> yep. Ah, so Matt, Dynamite tonight. How do you think it stacked up against what NXT was doing with the first rounds of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, uh, the amazing women segment and match that opened the show? How do you think uh, AEW stacked up? I thought NXT's opening was better, um, but the tag—I don't care about that tag team stuff. It, yeah, it, it's always given to two singles acts that are being forced to tag team usually. And I don't care about it as much. So tonight's show for me was a lot easier to stay on AEW. Do you know what I mean? My attention. Yeah. Justin, how about you? Who'd you feel the better night tonight? Well, like you had the better night, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Matt said, the opening for NXT was, was definitely far better, but I'm kind of the same way that the, the ta- tag tournaments don't often do it for me. Uh, the two randoms in this case would be Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. I don't think they're going to go all the way. I, I think it's going to kind of be the obvious. I think it's going to be probably like maybe like Imperium and like Undisputed Era, I, you know. But in, anyways, I, it's not it's not a big thing to me. So, yeah, I mean, there was some more intriguing stuff on AEW. That said, I also have harsher critiques for AEW all the while. Yeah, I didn't love either show, but I didn't necessarily dislike uh, the majority of them. And uh, last week, for, like better uh, tonight, uh, see, it's tough, man. Like NXT, that opening was so strong, but AEW closed so well tonight with that Jericho Moxley segment. Yeah, you know, I don't want to have recency bias or Matt. I know you love the term prisoner of the moment, but I got to mm-hmm. say, like I, I was, and, and I'm glad Keith Lee is good, the new number one contender for the North American title. But I got to admit, going off that high of AEW, I don't think NXT kept that buzz going. Uh, when North I switched American title, it's like, who cares about that title? Yeah. And that's what it was for, right? Not the main championship. Yeah. It's like their mid card title. <sighs> okay. So you have to pick one. Yeah. If I had to pick one tonight, well, I'll, I'll be contrarian and I'll say NXT just, uh, just have some balance here. Cause Light we're going to get in the on com- Twitter, AEW fans. <sighs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we get it in the comments all the time. AEW shills. Oh, really? I'll oh, get yeah. the- Okay. Sometimes I get the opposite. 
Yeah. People don't make up their mind. I literally in the same night I can get I can get slammed as being a, a WWE kiss ass and an AEW kiss ass. So it's just, I don't think there's. Yeah, Here, here's a new philosophy for you guys. Don't care what they say. God, <laughs> God, for, God. Only when it's good stuff should you care. God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid we go on social media and, and purposely somebody. compliment somebody. Oh, good lord! I I still I have, have yeah. we gotten uh, Raj's reaction? Everyone's tweeting at Raj about Monday. People. Tweeting the hashtag suck it Raj. It's like Raj Geary on vacation coming back. He has no clue what's going on. Raj is being cool guy and and totally no selling it, folks. But make no mistake about it. Yeah, we, we yeah, exactly. He, I haven't got any internal memo from him saying, hey, can you try to keep things on track next time? So. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have gotten before. So if I didn't get it for this, I think that we're okay. Dude, me oh. and Glenn will go off the track for fucking 22 minutes before we come back to the show again. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's what the people like, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I know it's bad uh, when he's listening live, and I get the text where it's like, uh, "Wrap it up, man. Move on." You know? <laughs> so, so that, that's the, that's the answer. We just need Raj to leave the continent more often and just go elsewhere, so we can <laughs> do what we want to do. Hey, look, the people have spoken, Glenn. In between our AEW and NXT review tonight, in between the two shows, I think an intermission's in line. I think we need to hear some more musical performance. You know, some more. Well, I did uh, put up. Some uh, some tracks as I promised the other night for fans of this podcast, and I will plug yeah. them later in the show. Well, because if I plug them now, everyone's just going to stop listening to the podcast and go listen no, to the music. Not put them on now, Glenn. Yeah. How much? How did it go though when you put them up? Oh, I mean, no, it was it was fine. I mean, I just uh, revived the uh, SoundCloud account for the band and uh, uploaded. I, I picked. I, I'll talk about the process later, but I went through. But because did a lot like, of fans comment and say, "Wow, Glenn, this is really good." I just posted it earlier, but you know, after the oh. other night, some people sought it out on their own, and we did get—I did get some very, very nice tweets cool. and messages from people, which is good. I mean, you guys are so supportive. Uh, I mean, this is an amazing audience. We <coughs> love doing this podcast because mm-hmm. of you, and your support certainly makes this possible. So let's start by talking a little AEW. Well, we need a reunion. You should. We need a. We need a headboard <laughs> reunion at, in, in Tampa. Reunion. Reunion show. You know, I did 20, it in 2012. Five years in the making. Let me tell you this, Matt. Now, for you, I know it was the birth of your son. That was when you made mm-hmm. peace without being a professional wrestler anymore. And I have to say, I carried around the sort of, oh, I wish things would have worked out would have worked out differently with music. You know, we had these opportunities that didn't quite come to fruition. But I have to say, we did a reunion show in 2012. Uh, and for me, I was like, nope, I've got closure. I'm good. It was, it was amazing uh, how that yeah. experience helped me make peace with it. You're lucky you got that. Lots of artists don't get it. Yeah. But you know, now I just make mashups in the middle of the night occasionally. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is a creative outlet. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I like podcasting. I think this is this is fun. And one thing that I like about doing this podcast, I'm sure you both do as well, is that unlike creating art, Matt, unlike putting on a match with this, we just get to talk and people consume it. It's very of the moment. We don't mm-hmm. overthink this. We're not trying to craft the perfect piece of art, the perfect match, the perfect song, mm-hmm. the perfect video. We're just kicking it live, and then we're on to the next one. You know, it's yeah. kind of refreshing uh, compared to obsessing over your art. Right. Yeah, exactly. Freestyling yeah. it. Yeah, and I like that. I definitely like that. Um, so tonight, the big tease in the show with AEW Dynamite, uh, one, they were in uh, South Haven, Mississippi, and um, they started with Jericho teasing uh, Moxley and Moxley making his decision that he was going to announce tonight uh tonight was also part of a tribute to memphis wrestling dave brown joining jim ross tony shivani and excalibur on the commentary and we opened with hangman page and kenny omega versus private party so this played off that promo last week where it seemed like there was uh some animosity between private party and hangman 
But what did you think of this match tonight, Matt, especially given what was going on over on USA with NXT? It was a crazy. You didn't think this was a good match? I thought it was a good match, but man, when NXT it, had Rhea it, Ripley coming out. It was not better than the opening of NXT. Let's be clear. It was yeah. not. Um, however, I did not. Here's the thing. The match itself was good, and it would be standalone against many other matches NXT could have put against it, quite frankly. It just happens that that opening NXT was freaking smoking white hot, I thought, yeah. as far as interest goes. Uh, Rhea Ripley's freaking, we keep saying white hot. But still, the the I didn't like the background for this match. The story for this tag match with NXT is is lame. It's lame. Super lame. Oh, with AEW. Yeah, yeah. What I say? Yeah, I'm sorry. With AEW, with uh, you know, Hangman Page, you know, getting uh, you know screwed up at the bar and drinking their drink, and oh, hey, like that's how the angle starts. Like that's literally like me being in a nightclub and being complete Neanderthal man when the guy walks by, tries to squeak by, but like hits my chest lightly and knocks my drink over slightly, and I spill it on my shirt. Hey. Hey, watch where you're going. And start walking around with air lats everywhere. Everyone knows that guy. That's literally how this storyline was created. This tag match that they can do better than this. This is lame. Yeah. I mean, Justin, what do you think? Do you think it's, it's with uh private party? Obviously they're still fresh to a lot of the audience, but do you feel like we've seen this talent, especially with uh, Omega and page together opening a show? Do you think that it doesn't, um, set the bar high enough as here we are building up towards the next pay-per-view and going further into the new year. Yeah. I'd be kind of to the same point of what Matt said. I just didn't really care about it. I didn't really, I don't, I didn't really care of why we're having this. I mean, and, and I, and I was far more drawn to what was going on in NXT simultaneously, but when I was shifting my eyes over to AEW, yeah, I mean, there were some cool spots. There's some amazing athleticism that, that, you know, private party does, but I, yeah, I just, I was just kind of like, okay, it's just an opening match just to kind of get the crowd all, like it just—it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't care. Yeah, I don't care about the Hangman Page with going with, on a bender thing. I don't know. Yeah, me either. With this month, with this Wednesday night war crap, dude, they've got to start with a main event match, quite frankly, and end with a main event storyline angle cliffhanger yeah. to end it. Now they really have to strongly bookend this more than they normally should have to, because technically what you just said, Justin is how you should start off a show. If you're not competing against anybody else and the entire show is supposed to be a crescendo, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be an entire two hours or an hour, whatever, how long those shows are entire worth of an, of a crescendo um first match gets everybody supposed to be up and excited and and you know get them pumped up you know it's usually your i don't want to call curtain jerkers but it's usually your um not your bigger guns if you will but now that they're competing it's another show it has to be the bigger guns it has to be the bigger storylines it has to be almost a main event and people like well come on kenny omega is a main eventer matt you know adam hangman page is a main eventer he has main evented technically um, yes, but the angle is not a main event angle yeah. is what I'm saying. And you need to start these now going forward with main event angles and end with main event angles. If you're going to beat NXT and, and Matt to what you're saying is, I mean, and that's, that's kind of the old school traditional formula, as you said, you know, the, you know, the, like, the, the, different now. And, and the term of curtain jerker, but I think what wrestle, I think what it's evolved to, and you, you see this even with the biggest stage of them all in WrestleMania, what it's come to is the first match is as important as the last match. It's almost as big of an honor to be the first match on some of these bigger it's shows. It's always been that big right. of an honor to be clear, because you your you, job was to open up and get the crowd excited early, right at the beginning of the right. show. 
It, you just put together a tag match to do that. It'd be like the Bulldogs and Heart Foundation. It'd be yeah. matches like that that would do it. But like when you know when WWE in these last ten years when they WWE started putting you know one of the two world title matches first at WrestleMania, that lets you know right there. I mean, and then I think you know it became the second and third match. It was kind of your yeah. calm back down. Uh, yeah, this just did, I mean, you know, again, athletic guys, but it just didn't do anything for me. I had no right. real reason to care about it. Yep. So, um, wherever they're going with this Hangman Adam Page story, they need to get to the conclusion of it immediately and make him interesting and yeah. make people care. Yes. They've you know, not done enough to make us follow along this long with this and have it be about him drinking. And uh, it feels like they don't even know themselves, quite frankly. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's unfortunate. I think a lot of people early on thought he could be the face of the company. Because he uh, could have. He definitely could have if booked the right way. Definitely. And, is, and, and isn't that interesting? Page and, and um, Page and, and Kenny, you know, were two of the guys coming into this AEW project, you know, that you know, that people said these guys could be the face. These guys could, you know, maybe maybe they're the first ones to become champions. And this is the first time we've really they've really had to perform on a week to week basis on weekly continued television. And yeah, they just have not been booked. Like it's like, it's like, those are two guys who I don't, you just can't define right now. They don't have like a clear cut path. Um, you know, it's. And to follow up there. what Greg Hunter is saying, Greg Hunter in the chat is saying, I was trying to explain to my wife tonight that Kenny Omega is a big deal. And she laughed at me. Um, I think they've made Kenny seem like less of a big deal on how they've booked him. This should be a guy that is being booked at the level of Jericho, booked at the level of Moxley, Definitely. but they put him in these nothing tag matches. Yes. Um, you know, I think that he still could be the face of the company, and he has an established character in Goodwill with Page. Hangman on Page is a blank slate to the majority of the audience, whereas Kenny at least has his reputation. Kenny, Kenny just—they both, quite frankly, they just come off as just just two other dudes. Moving on, because we'll be here all night if we don't. Yes. Uh, so Adam Page and Kenny Omega won that. And then backstage, Pac was building up, uh, beating up Michael Nakazawa, demanding that Kenny Omega give him his rubber match. Okay. Can I just say, like, Michael, like, do we care? Do we care that Michael Nakazawa gets his ass kicked every week? Nakazawa? Do we care? I don't. I do not care in the slightest bit that he gets his ass whipped every week and it's supposed to be the one that draws it draws Kenny out. Like, what does that say about Kenny? Like th that to get to him, you go beat up the guy that we don't really hear anything from or see much of on TV whatsoever. We don't care about Michael Nagasawa. He's not been on TV enough and anything meaningful for us to care. Well, that doesn't matter, Matt. He's Kenny Omega's best friend. Oh, really? I don't know because I don't know that much about Kenny Omega either. So yeah. how the hell do you expect me to know who his best friends are? I have no clue who his best friends are. I know he likes that. Uh, all I know about Kenny Omega, character-wise, is he's super duper into uh, Japanese women's wrestling. Uh, what's it called? Games. In video uh, games, Joshi. Joshi wrestling, and he's a huge fan. And supposedly that's why Rio is their champion and completely bearing their women's division. But I'll digress. Um, it's frustrating because they the expectations of what they think the average fan knows is again that's the word frustrating again yeah. opening segment should be young bucks every frigging week they're exciting or or okay they could trade off even i'll take it with uh what do you call it lucha lucha uh brothers lucha Bros, yeah exciting acts hot exciting whatever you want to call it start to the show you know what i mean that really the name of the show is dynamite they need to start it with dynamite and tonight did not do that same with this yeah. segment it was a weak segment I did enjoy uh, Pack though. I do saying, like Pack. Yeah, 
but yelling, give me my rubber match. I didn't like Wubber. I just enjoyed Pack. Uh, Pack looks jacked. They did a good job yeah. with the camera angles on him, by the way. Uh, let's take a moment to thank the sponsor of this episode. Ready? We didn't get anywhere. We're going to get back into it, but this is a good segue. You know, hey, were you once known as the cleaner? Did you once used to clean up overseas? But here back in the States, now that you got TV time, you're not exactly maximizing your minutes, as it were. Perhaps you're not maximizing your minutes in the bedroom. Perhaps back in the day, you were in a band. Oh, my God, it was action all the time. It was drive. You were touring. You had the hair. Now you're older. Those days are behind you. But the good news, guys, is now you can increase your performance, get that extra confidence back in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Proud sponsor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Love being associated with these guys. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So it's the real stuff, the stuff that works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. No more having to schedule early, early in the day, check the time, figure it out. No. You're like, boom, lights down low, music on and Matt, I'm going to change it up tonight. You're not putting on Enigma. You're not putting on Chardet. You're going big time. You're putting on Lisa Stansfield. You're just going to go straight old school 80s R&B, you know, get down to the sounds of uh, Ben Around the World. Can't find my baby. Oh, my God. Yeah, you remember the song. That's some catchy shit. So if you, you want to go back to those glory days and you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Now, this is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line in the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. This is the real stuff. Licensed doctors, FDA-approved active ingredients. This isn't gas station pills. This isn't, oh, it's like that. It's herbal. No, this is science. And they are made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. No more awkwardness. They make it so, so simple. And we've got a special deal for you, the Wrestling Inc. audience. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free. Just use our special promo code, WINC. You're only going to pay $5 shipping. They're going to send you this pouch with like uh, five individual pouches this size. They have the BlueChew in them. And uh, it's absolutely fantastic. BlueChew.com, promo code WINC to try it free. BlueChew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Back to the show tonight. Oh, man. See, this is what was tough, is that we followed up this opening segment. And... Uh, one Pac, go ahead after that. Yeah, and then we followed that up with Riho defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Chris Statlander. Brandy Rhodes on commentary. Maybe that should have been a sign that uh, shenanigans would ensue. I thought we were going to get a real clean one-on-one -on -one exhibition tonight. Showing really? us this is why. Well, because they built it up. Rio doesn't they, defend. She didn't let Statlander lose a match cleanly yet. Yeah, I had no intention to take the title off of Rio. I figured. I just it, did. It feel to you like the interference and the shenanigans, like that was terrible. And it it overshadowed. Like I don't think Chris got to really show her stuff, even or why she's such a badass. No. Well, not as much as I would have liked. The, the, the biggest problem I had, I, I thought Chris looked good. I thought I thought she had some moments where she shined. The biggest problem I had with the whole match is, so they have all the shenanigans going on with Kong and the other girl all out there and whatever. The, the ref was simply checking on Rio, and, and then all this nonsense went on for like three minutes. They should have done a ref bump. They needed to bump the ref, and that would have been fine. But like I, I remember looking around, and like, I'm, like, I'm like, the match is still going on. Listen to me. This two weeks in a row, they made the ref look terrible. <sighs> 
Dude, because I went back and watched the stuff with Dustin and Santa Guevara from last week. You guys were right. That really stuck out even longer than what I first thought the first time watching it. Um, the, it they're really – I don't even want to say taking advantage of the ref. They're like literally going to the ref before these matches when they're going over what they're going to do before the show starts. And, hey, by the way, we're going to bury you for like three full minutes <laughs> where you're going to be checking on the opponent. Sorry, yeah. dude. You got to be okay with it. Vince got to a point in WWE where if we did anything like that, the refs were ordered to straight up DQ us. If we weren't even holding the tag ropes, I remember at one point he went through that phase. We would be um, – he wouldn't let us get tagged into the match. If we tagged in and weren't holding the tag ropes, did tag didn't count. Ref would fight us even if we were overtime. did not matter to kick us or kick our asses back out of the ring until we tagged correctly. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and like Brandy's on commentary and like – I. I want to hear more of her, and I like her and this this group of her. But her on the live commentary, it sounded like there wasn't. It sounded like there was no pre production notes or anything. It was like kind of all over the place. It, they, it felt like they didn't really even know what they wanted to accomplish. So I don't know. It, it just there's 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 potential. I, I think Brandy and, and her group has potential. I think Chris Statlin, right? I I'd be fine with her being the champion. I think there's potential, but really? just the way it came, I think there's potential. There, there's pieces there, but they have not. It's just not. Rio's still not doing it for me. Again. No, she's definitely not. Anybody's an improvement. I would agree. But like Chris Statlander's got to drop this alien crap. I don't like the alien stuff. I do like they kind of, they kind of hinted. I mean, when they had Britt and the other girl in the crowd. I like they kind of like kind of hinted like Britt's. And then with the promo last week that Britt's going to make a heel turn, which maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I, there's pieces. There's this potential pieces, but they just has not come together yet at all. I, I just think, I don't know. I'm yet to see, I'll be honest, I'm yet to see Brandy in a situation where she's talking in which. Yeah, Tammy's I, right. I don't think it's Sorry, really man. good. Do you know what I mean? Brandy always seems very comfortable to me. She does, but okay, so that's my issue that maybe I didn't phrase as well earlier is that this segment seems more about. Uh, <laughs> this segment seemed more about. Um, Brandy and Nightmare Family, Nightmare Collective, whatever. It seemed more about getting them over than did about getting Chris over. Okay. Uh, with everything. And yeah. and that guy Luther showing up. So what's the background on Luther? Also, not a good sign when commentary sounds confused about who the hell mm-hmm. is. <laughs> it's not a big person. It's not a big star. When, com- when commentary can't tell you who it is, it's not a big enough star. <laughs> yeah. So- you, know, you, know, you know what I thought of? Huh. When that guy Luther came out of the ring, and you listen to commentary, and like Jim Ross and them were almost kind of lost. All I could think about was that scene in Happy Gilmore, and Happy Gilmore is his first tee off of the PGA Tour, and they go, "What a nice drive from Happy Gilmore." Who the fuck is Happy Gilmore? <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could think about. I was like, "Who is this guy?" But that's the point, though. It's like say what you will about WWE, but Corey and uh, Michael Cole—they're very good about being like, "Oh my God, can it be? It's so and so, the hottest independent free agent." whatever tonight it was is that is that luther and like confused they did not do a very good job of explaining uh why it's a big deal with luther teaming with brandy and her faction yeah so justin what is luther's background i was a gleam from twitter that he is a japanese uh, deathmatch wrestler i just said who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't have much background on unfortunately i can't help you here Yes, uh, Luther is, a, according to uh, the news story tonight, Luther is a Japanese deathmatch death match legend. Uh, he was also longtime friends with Chris Jericho. So, there you go. Man, they're, uh, really, they're, really, they're really tapping into the Japanese. Was his name Dr. Luther ever? Oh. Well, yes, I think up. you're right, yes. So, this guy's old. 
he did not look young. I liked his look. I thought his look was kind of cool, but why? <sighs> Again, the, like not to keep crapping on AEW's uh, the shortcomings of its women's division, but here you've got Chris Statlander. This should be a star-making night for her in a title match against Riho, win or lose. And you could have had Kong come out and attack her. You could have had all these ways to end it, Matt, like you said, not yeah. having her lose clean. But instead, we had this be more about Brandy. We had to be more about Luther. Um, and then the idea that Chris had, I like that uh, people came from the back uh, that uh, that uh, uh, was a big swole and uh, yeah. uh, Sonny came out to help Chris at the end. But this shouldn't have been about a faction war. This is your he, women's championship. And it's about building credible women's contenders. And that's what they didn't do tonight. He's 51 years old and he was trained by the Heart Dungeon in Calgary. Back in the eighties, friggin' sweet. Next, <sighs> I'm looking forward to the day, Matt. The day when we can say about an AEW women's match, we're like, no, I want to keep talking about this amazing match and all the star no, power. We're not there we're giving it too much credit. It, I know. It's not deserved. They're not booking the women the right way. It's plain to see. So we're not giving them time. So That's Austin Kong and the beatdown was cool. I mean, the whole thing with Nightmare Collective, whatever. But Rio won, retained. With this tonight, and then afterwards, Awesome Kong did a big clothesline on Chris Statlander. Rio got involved, uh, but then Mel got in the ring. She was there with uh, Brandy. She's the bald woman in uh, Nightmare Collective. She did jump the barricade to help out Statlander and Rio. Uh, Burt Baker sat back down. Big Swole and Sunny Kiss also came to help out. So, yeah, this this was a cluster F, man. Like, get the goddamn women's division in line here. This, this I mean, AEW, right? Probably the worst women's division I mean, maybe better than Ring of Honor. I mean, like, certainly not better than Impact. And not because of the talent. Yeah. Not because Booking. of the talent. Because of it being completely ass backwards on who they're spotlighting or who they've been spotlighting. Let's be clear. Awesome Kong got herself over tonight again and looked like a beast. And anytime that happens, that's good. For my opinion, that that is good booking. The problem is it was at the expense of a star-making moment for Chris Statlander, who should never, ever be seen within the vicinity of Awesome Kong for like a year, yeah. six months maybe. So you build her butt up until she's ready to take on the freaking beast. And then she slays that beast one, you know what I mean, one day. That's why Kong needs to be the champion. Her or even um, Nyla Rose. Now Rose plays yeah. a freaking good badass monster too. <sighs> believable, very believable too. No, I'm sorry, Rio is not believable. So Sammy Guevara versus Christopher Daniels tonight. Uh, Sammy Guevara getting a win via pinfall. Pentagon Junior came out and uh, distracted uh, Daniels during the match. Again, I, I know they're trying to get Sammy over. I just wish he had a clean. It was a little bit more cleaner for him. Are they part, yeah. part of a tag team? It's part of a fat, like a three three man tag team, right? Yeah, or six man, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's okay for Sammy, who's not a tag wrestler, he's a single star, to be a tag team quote unquote specialist. There should be nothing wrong with that, and you should be able to beat him cleanly. Um. And I would have preferred it that way. That's all. I love Sammy Guevara, though. I think that kid's uh, a star in the making. And uh, Dark Order came out after this match trying to recruit Daniels. Um, I, Do we care? Do, would we care in the slightest if Chris joined them? No. He's my buddy. I love Chris Daniels. Respect the crap out of him. But would we care? 
and SCU and Young Bucks came out to make the save, uh, so they got into it with Dark Order. Yeah, Page, man. Hangman Adam Page is the one that should be in this angle. SCU breaking up makes no sense at this stage no. in the game. Um, I almost wonder, as we're talking about this, is the problem that AEW is trying to do too much or tell too many stories? Should they just scale back a little bit and focus no. on? No, it, it's that the stories are starting out of nowhere. Sammy versus Daniels to set this match up was literally just them bumping into each other in a promo last week and Guevara making fun of him, telling Daniels he has wrinkles on his face. Yeah. And boom, Daniels, who's feeling now his storyline, this makes sense. He's a little ultra defensive at the moment. He's feeling down on his luck. He does feel a little bit his age kind of is what I've been getting out of him the last few times we've seen him on TV in a, in a talking segment or his finish with what's his name? Pentagon Jr. where he screwed up and he's mm. doubting himself. That's cool. Okay. That's a good layered storyline, right? But how Sammy was able to get a match out of him was weak. It was just like him bumping into him in a promo and then making fun of him. Boom. Next week they're wrestling each other. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. As Howard Cushman pointing out, maybe being so dismissive of writers wasn't the best strategy for a new TV show. No, there's still no, 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 no. We got it. No. See, that's why we got to be careful. I don't want to put them down too much because, listen, writers is not the answer to this. It's not. I, I just, I, I'll never subscribe to that. I'll always subscribe to wrestlers. Wrestlers with maybe a little bit of creativity help. Maybe. But writers aren't the problem in WWE. Vince is the problem in WWE. Kevin Dunn is the problem. Michael Hayes is the problem. And I think it's the writers that they promote. You know what I mean? Get get a Jimmy Jacobs in here. Do you think Jimmy Jacobs would be a bad writer for AEW? No, but he's rare. And here's it goes back to this, though. Again, Glenn, yeah. a wrestler that would run the creative, why that would work. Oh, we just lost Matt Sound. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I know what Matt's saying. You know, we don't want to, you know, we, we've we've had so much critique of WWE, you know, we don't want to say all, this, all of a sudden now that that's the way it needs to be. But, I mean, Glenn, you're, you're, to your point, it's like, you know, there are some really creative writers and people in WWE. Yeah, it just comes down to when it all, when it, at the end of the day, when you can have a million ideas, but it's all going to come down to one person uh, who is, everybody who's ever worked with him has said, he's a, he can be a stubborn guy. You know, there's, yeah, there's and- problems there. And what Doom Tribe T is saying is a booker that has a plan is the answer, not scripted promos. That's the thing about writing. You don't writing doesn't mean we have to, you yeah. know, every syllable and have someone that's that's an auteur, an artiste, trying to uh, tell these guys exactly what to go out there and say. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone who understands the basics of storytelling and says we need to get to here, and here's how we're going to work backwards to get there in the most satisfying and interesting way possible. Yeah, I mean, it might be a case that you know they are trying to tell the amount of stories they are, and they and they they. Maybe there is not enough people to to quality control it, and maybe you do need a few more people uh, who are not, you know, like you know. Right now, it seems like everybody's wearing multiple hats. You, know, you got somebody who's, you, know, you got you got you got the core of those four guys who are EVPs, who are also talent, who are also you know creative bookers. You know, maybe you need a few people who. I'm not saying a lot. Maybe you just need a couple people who their sole job is just to keep an eye on storyboarding and creative and, and going linear and they're not wearing any other hats of executive office or having to perform uh that might not be the worst thing as, as the company continues to grow and they have the talent pool they have that might not be the worst thing um so we'll see yeah just something just something to change it up i think and make it a little stronger but yeah it's not about the promos that's not what we're yeah. talking about we talk about the need for writers it's about somebody that understands uh, that we're trying to tell a bigger story here i i will say of course of course 
I'm watching, I'm watching the shows and I'm in the, I'm in the main, the main living room part of the house. And my wife comes back home from the gym and right when she walks in the room is when the dark order gets in the ring and she just looks at me, she goes, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and I was like, I don't have time to explain this. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey. Uh, and to that point, the Dark Order, those pre-recorded promos are some of the best TV AEW has done. When they let these guys talk on the mic, like it's not it's not cool again, you know? And that's that's the difference. What I was gonna say about why, why I like wrestlers, like say a Kevin Nash or, or, or Scott Hall or guys that are creative and know how to help other stars. They're very those two are very good at helping other stars mm-hmm. get into who they really are in real life and bring that out on the air behind you know, behind closed doors. They, they were very good. They're very helpful toward me and many others. Um, why I prefer that style of creative is because how is a creative little geeky, nerdy kid that just got out of college going to tell me how to be cocky and think my bleep don't stink and I'm God's gift to the world of pro wrestling giants? Like, how are they going to tell me how to cut that promo? Sure. I've got to believe that. Right. So so creative, creative coming up with the lines and all that other crap and doing the talking for that's just my character. What about the other characters that are very um, uh, uh, definitive, um, like and who these characters are like, like, for instance, Strat, uh, Stratland or whatever her name is the alien, for instance, that's a very weird one to be a, and very tough one to be able to write for. I would imagine she's got to be able to figure that out on her own and pitch her own ideas and cut her own promos versus having a creative member try to do it for her because it won't work. AKA look at Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, look at Seth Rollins. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Don't tell me how to be me. I know how to be me. And to Matt's point, one, one of the, one of the best quotes I, ever, I remember Kevin Nash ever saying was, you know, pro wrestling at its core, when you boil it all down, it's built on violence and it's built on sex. And if you have nerdy writers who look like they've never been in a fight before, have never gotten laid, it doesn't yes. connect. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. yeah. But there's a difference between promo writing and what we're talking about or what mm-hmm. I'm talking about in our chat room. Also, there's a difference between that and writing stories. Stories. Right. They have enough firepower to be able to be writing good stories, though, back with AEW. Between Dean Malenko and, and, and others back there. I don't know how yeah. much the Bucks have control over this. I, I don't. I think, though, there's a difference between the skills from someone that can book good matches and produce good segments and come up with a really satisfying story. Because I look at a lot of this. Case in point tonight, Lucha Bros versus Cody and Dustin with Arn Anderson. Why was this match happening tonight? Who again? Say again. So it's Cody and Dustin reteaming with Arn Anderson there in tow versus the Lucha Bros. This is some big star power. I mean, did I miss some buildup for this, this match? This should have started the, the show off. Actually, this way. would have been a really good start to the show. It was it was a very good match. But with this and even the fact that Arn is like the head coach of, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just, I feel like I'm missing something here. Like this is very good wrestling, but there's just not storyline. There is. We just we're just not interested in it with Arn being the coach. Yeah, which is a shame. I mean, because Arn is one of the greatest wrestling minds. I mean, super talented. Um, but yeah, it's actually you know what's weirder about it is having Arn be the coach when Dustin is in the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Brothers versus brothers is Evan saying. I get the concept. I get the setup for this match. I'm just trying to think like what what was it about? What were the stakes? What did it? Uh, Arn teased us too. He, he got when he got on the mic with Whoa. Shivani. Arn Arn teased us. He started he started moving into what I thought was going to be like another classic Arn Anderson promo. Oh yeah, he's about, about MJF. He's, he's talking about MJF. He's like he's like who 
you know, who made him God? Who didn't tell me that he's and like I'm like, oh, he, Arn's getting into it, and then Arn just like just stop. He's like, in terms of a match, Cody and I got to talk about it. We'll get back to him. Just walked away. I was like, oh, like he, he had me, he had me going. I thought we were gonna get like a classic Arn Anderson promo, and he just kind of just fizzled out and left. And Glenn, here's the thing: not every single match is gonna have stakes. I used to get into this with Raj all the time, mm-hmm. and, and that's a fallback. A lot of I'm not just saying you, but others that do these types of shows say, well, where's the stakes? I do too with certain certain matches we can't do that every match because there's only x amount of titles all right but more importantly you got to remember AEW does a good job putting this over and that is when you win you get to go to the um win it the winner's window and take the winner's purse and make more money and move up the rankings they do a good job of that actually so those are the stakes have the rankings reset yet it seemed like tonight they were not reset unless i missed it well they did say i remember i did Did they they did Excalibur did say on commentary during the, the women's match when he was noting who was in the crowd, he goes, you know, uh, she does rank this, and then Britt Baker's plummeted to number five after taking a loss mm-hmm. last week. So they are, do they have the rankings updated? Well, I don't understand they're updated, but they haven't reset the stats completely, though, because they were talking tonight about mm-hmm. uh, Santana and Ortiz are the number one contenders for the tag team titles. Still, I don't mm-hmm. know. Whatever. Figure it out. Uh, so, and maybe maybe part of it's my frustration in how they did these segments back to back, Matt. So Cody and Dustin won. Arn's out there cutting the promo, um, talking about MJF and the match. Uh, if Cody's going to accept MJF's proposal uh, for the steel cage match against Wardlow before facing MJF one on one, and then we follow up that segment. There was a quick backstage interview. Alex Marvez talking to Lanny Poffo. Uh, but. Then we had MJF come out to the ring with Wardlow in tow. And then Diamond Dallas Page comes out to get into it with MJF. And I thought this was actually a really good segment, but it's weird. You're telling me that these guys literally crossed paths backstage. It just seemed a little too uh, close to one another. And I think having DDP and Arn in there is a little confusing if we're going to have an elder statesman in a nightmare family. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think they need a coach. No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, um, I think Arn would be much better suited to the show. I should say would be much better suited to have Arn helping somebody else out, like like a Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Uh, at ringside, um, something like that. But um, this, your your main event, you know, should be one. I'm assuming one of these days a perennial main eventer and heavyweight champion for that company once he gets rid of the stupid you know thing that he can't wrestle for the title um and i'm talking about um cody obviously um does not need a coach yeah it's tough to buy into that yeah um so i like this with ddp out there with mjf mjf live tweeting uh from the ring while uh ddp is cutting his promo uh (laughs) warlow just standing there still but uh what did you think, Matt? Because I feel like we got to be fair. I love DDP, and I want that guy to go over everyone. But I feel like we would have really shit on WWE uh, if they'd had someone his age, 63 years old. Granted, it looked great doing the diamond cutter on the Blade and the Butcher. But, uh, man, what a way to punk out this talent that still hasn't really found their footing. I mean, this just further solidifies the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny is more of a joke to me. Yeah. Well, I've never taken them as anything else. From day one through now. But especially tonight, Justin, what do you think? I mean, is it a bad move if a 63-year-old is able to get the better of you, even if it is DDP? 
Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it's a blurred line. I mean, you know, the, the strength in numbers is there, and eventually DDP does get put down. Uh, the, the 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 bunny butcher and blade thing. It's weird. Like it, it, they, you know, all of a sudden MJF goes, but these guys. So like he had them like in his back pocket. Like so, I mean, is there supposed to be an alignment there between these guys? We still we saw them yeah, also attack. Remember, we've seen them attack. We've seen them attack. He Cody. brought them. He brought them to the company per story. Okay, so yes, and right, I wrote so, my fan fiction that uh, MJF met them at an ultra rich uh, eyes wide shut party. And that's okay. So that, so, that, so so that so having said that, that really does kind of make them seem like just like it makes them seem like the masked lackeys, like the like mm-hmm. the, the Dark Order has. Um, yeah. You know, here's the thing. You know, DDP's gonna have a match. You know, and he's gonna put MJF over. You know, this is how WWE doesn't do enough of this when they tout out, bring back all these legends who have all this credibility and all these you know anniversary shows and whatever. They don't think they do enough. Of putting over the younger talent, so I mean, I like the fact no, that they don't do it at all. Actually, yeah, they so, roll over the younger talent, right? They so, star the younger talent in so every I, segment they're in. Yeah, so I like the fact that at least the goal is here is to put over younger talent using somebody like a DDP. Um, MJF yeah, we, kicked him in the balls. Yeah, shoved him into Wardlow. Mm-hmm. <sighs> QT Marshall and Dustin and some referees came out to help DDP. Who in the f is QT Marshall? Very good performer, actually. Um, I try to get him signed when he came to do some darks for us at TNA. He did an enhancement match or two. He's really good, actually. He's a very good performer. Um, but um, he's uh, current. Like, what's his connection with AEW? He has his own wrestling school in Georgia. I forget the name of it. But um, he's a very good trainer. One of the best coaches, I would argue, in the country, actually. And he used but, to train at the Monster Factory in Jersey mm-hmm. as well. He's very well-traveled. Um, his best years, one could argue, was with Ring of Honor. Um, maybe. Um, he's good. He is. But one could also argue his better days are behind him. But then I seen him just on AEW a few weeks ago. He looked like a million bucks as far as his wrestling goes. What does his look look like? Does he look like a star? And have we have any built up whatsoever into who the hell he is when they brought him out onto TV and actually had him perform in wrestling matches? There was like no build up for him or anything, and it felt bad for him because that's not fair to him, the performer. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean by it. it's not that he doesn't deserve to be there, but I just feel that he's in this storyline. Next week, there's going to be a six man match with the Butcher played the Bunny. Post to know that he's very close, best friends, and tight with Cody Rhodes. And he's working as a, he's just like Billy Gunn. He's working as a producer backstage, yes. and then doing a little bit of performing. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. So, what's the? Did they announce what the six man match is going to be? It's I know it's going to be the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny, but they're facing QT Marshall, Dustin, and who is the third next week? Is it Cody? It might be Cody. Chat mm-hmm. room will know this. I wish it was DDPY. I think Diamond Dallas Page tonight looked like he's got a little go left in him. I think he could do a six man tag. Did, did, didn't they? Didn't they promote DDP's having a match? Didn't they? Is he in the match? I thought he's having a match. I thought maybe. I... Oh, it is DDP. Maybe did I make did I make that up? It's DDP, which is fantastic. Okay. Yeah. I think DDP, dude, talk and I'll say this: talk about an old timer who's still massively over, but has earned being over. He's not coasting on what he did twenty years ago. <laughs> he's the greatest self promoter. <laughs> oh man, tonight that. that was. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like people's cheering for Hogan has nothing to do with uh, his uh, what's his beach and uh, body shop. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like he's built a huge following there, so they're chanting for that. Mm-hmm. People were chanting yoga tonight at DDP. Yeah, you know he earned it. Um, so the best friends in Orange Cassidy versus Jurassic Express in a six man tag tonight. Yeah, there's it. And yeah. some entertaining spots to it. Dude, it's it's amazing. 
dude gets tagged in, Orange Cassidy, just gets tagged in, and an yeah. entire arena stands up. All the phones go up to take video and pictures, <laughs> and they know that he's not going to do much, and that's that's the shit. I mean, that is over yeah. like Rover. That's over like Rover. That's amazing. It is. It is super over. <laughs> you can't say anything. <laughs> I think Orange Cassidy is better than the best friends. I think he should. Oh be my God. Duh. No, no, but I'm saying he should be in a mid card singles feud right now. Yes. Well, yes. Hell, yeah, of course he should. I know. So but I don't know why they're, they're because sticking. you have to book him delicately. What do you do with yeah. him? <laughs> Let's say the dark order, try to recruit Orange Cassidy. <laughs> 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 there would be some gold there. <laughs> have you ever seen Orange Cassidy? Was it versus? Was a big dick justice? No. He's a guy who does like this with his with his head. He makes like a I hate this camera. He he does this and pretends he like shoots people, but people yeah. really sell it. Like if you get shot with it, like you really die in the, in his matches. And you gotta type after the show, folks. Type in Orange Cassidy versus uh, Dick Justice. It's the funniest for my money Orange Cassidy match to date. Dick, big Dick Justice officially sponsored by Blue Chew. Yeah. He's so fun. His gimmick is similar to his, which is just crazy off the wall. Doesn't make sense. Wrestling type of wrestling, you know? It's funny. Well, tonight, so Luchasaurus Mm -hmm. and Jurassic Express. I mean, so Jungle Boy, I mean, looks like a star. But when Marco Stunt, I understand this was his hometown, but when he's going around doing that comedy thing, pounding his chest, I mean, (laughs) we know he's small. Why are they treating him? I mean, I I don't know. I feel like treating him what? Well, because it, it makes it like uh, it reminds me of like what they used to do with uh, Hornswoggle, you know, where it's like you don't need to hang a lampshade on the fact that he's a small guy. Right. Like people get that. You don't have to sit there and have him walking around, sticking out his chest, doing the slapping, looking silly and ridiculous. Like that's, that's what that that's what he is, though. Yeah, I just feel what it, would it, you a, have him do that? Would you have no, they'd be terrified to be tagged in right all the time? Uh, but he can actually wrestle and he's actually very athletic. So I think that. Okay. But but Spike Dudley could wrestle as athletic, uh-huh. but, but the gimmick was he's the runt of the litter. It, but, it, it's, you just have to own the size that you are. But let me finish this. It's not okay. the fact oh. that he's doing that. If this was Marco Stunt out there solo, right? And this, mm-hmm. if this were WWE, you would have that. You'd do a funny thing. Eventually he gets a win. It's like James Ellsworth all over again, mm-hmm. whatever. But you're pairing him with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, two guys. That have great potential. Great look. Great, great chemistry, look. great in-ring mm-hmm. skills. So that's what know. I'm saying. I mean, Matt. I think he ruins them. I think he ruins them yeah. a lot. That's what I'm saying. Matt, if you were out there doing your thing and like mm-hmm. Hornswoggle was paired with you and Hornswoggle was sitting there uh, doing comedy the whole time. You see what he's saying now? Now I see what he's saying, Justin. He's right. He's right. You have a beast. Six foot eight, whatever the hell you want to call how tall he is. Beast. And what's his name? Dino. Um, Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, rather. I was going to say dinosaurs. Jesus Christmas. Um, Luchasaurus, um, who does all this cool stuff, looks like a million bucks, looks like a badass. And then you've got, like I told you, what my concern was with the six-man tag. Then you have Jungle Boy, who is is a great comeback. He's great taking heat. He's Makes you sympathize. He gets your sympathy during heat when he's getting his butt kicked. You want to see him tag in the big monster eventually. That's all gone when you have Marco Stunt out there doing his funny shtick stuff. See, to, to me, I just kind of interpret it. I mean, obviously, Luchasaurus, he's the credible one. He's the one out there. He's your money. I look at so it as So was Jungle Boy. Yeah, you Jungle hear Boy, Jungle Boy's like, pop and reactions? But I, I look at the other two as kind of like his mascots. Jungle Boy, too? Well, would they have? Okay, yes. Okay, now, Glenn, 
to yeah. his credit, to Justin's credit, backstage was one of their pre-tapes. Was it last week? I started oh, getting yeah, that yeah. vibe a little bit about Jungle Boy too. What they what they've got him saying. Sometimes he did a great job with Jericho. Yeah, in that promo, he screamed superstar in my opinion uh, jungle boy but they took a step backwards in that pre-tape um i thought last week and um i just think this needs to be the two of them like no offense marco stunko he can be his own singles act by himself i don't he does not add to them he takes away from them he could be having great matches with michael nakazawa yes have at it (laughs) have at it you know, and, and but and there's a need for that in wrestling. But I think when he's out there like doing the mannerisms of a rodeo clown, it's not helping Jurassic Express, which are ha- gimmicked up to the hilt to begin with. Yeah, a six foot eight monster wearing the mask, tattoos everywhere. We've got enough gimmick going on out there. We don't need more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just too much. Um, but Jurassic Express did get the win here. Orange Cassidy super over with the crowd. Here, here's here's your end all be all. Would you put yeah. him next to Kane? Would you have him in a Week to week, six man tag with Kane and Daniel Bryan. Would, would you do Stunt? that? Would WWE do that? Hell no. They would never have Marco Stunt out there with Daniel Bryan and Kane. Nope. Even with Kane and uh, Daniel Bryan doing the comedy shtick, still the answer would be no. And that's part of AEW trying to be the alternative, trying to say WWE would never do this. We're trying to cater to a certain fan base who a certain fan base who likes guys who look like themselves but you know, who, wrestling fans who, who i'm not saying that that's a, uh, listen i'm not disagreeing with that i'm saying make him be a singles act go do your own thing marco stunt still be on the show just be, do your own thing don't mess up uh, jurassic express yeah and he can do it taken seriously i think you could be inclusive and take it seriously but that would be the equivalent mm-hmm. like if they had um if they had Kevin Owens out there, but he was acting and moving like one of the clumps from the Nutty Professor, to being like, "Oh, look how fat I am!" Like that's what I'm saying with it. Like be inclusive, but it's not inclusive if you're. I don't want to say that he's mocking it, but I'm saying the way he was hamming it up, I don't think is what they were going for when they talk about inclusivity. That's a different conversation, you know what yes. I mean? But keep moving. Sorry. Anyhow, the main event tonight, the main event, the last segment, uh, not a match. Instead, we had John Moxley coming out to tell Chris Jericho if he was going to take him up on his offer. In the ring, we had Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager out there. And, uh, of course, they had a little bit of the bubbly. Uh, they recapped the generous offer they made to give Moxley 49% of the inner circle, an amazing uh, six-figure car, uh, all that and more. And Moxley, uh, hook, line, and sinker for a lot of social media, saying, I accept your offer, and uh, putting over Jericho and talking about the inner circle being where it's at. And uh, he wants to be a part of it. Uh, kept that going for a few minutes and uh, then finally saying that I was just kidding. I never joined the inner circle. It's a stupid group and you have nothing that I want except for that title. And he smashed Jericho over the head with a bottle of champagne, hit a paradigm shift, DDT to uh, Guevara, and then bailed out of the ring before Hager could get to him. So, uh, Matt, what did you think of this segment to close Good. the show? Very well done. And the difference between minutes between what we just saw versus this is like the tale of two different shows and um major remember we used to get on wwe about the diff the differential between the women's wrestlers between the top four women's wrestlers and the rest of the division that huge drop off we used to talk about back uh, years ago glenn it still exists (laughs) okay but it was really bad at one point much worse than it is today yeah um anyways that's what it felt like tonight when moxley and jericho were out there in my opinion, the best segment by far. I mean, I'm not 
like a rocket scientist for figuring this out, but, but it, I'm not by myself on this either. By far the best segment of any of these wrestling shows this evening and maybe the week. I thought this was a really strong segment and they look like WrestleMania main eventers, whatever you want to call it. Top stars. Huge yeah. Difference. Yeah. I mean, the, I measure this success. Um, I mean, they got the fans chanting, you sold out. And remember this is, you know, Moxley versus Jericho. It's already a match. That's basically, you know, we know this is the match that's going to happen at the end of February at the next pay-per-view. Right. So, you know, that he's not joining, like, you, you know, even if he joined for like a week, you know, it's all just to eventually sure. screw Jericho. So the fact that he said, I'm joining, he has the shirt on and they let it go for a couple minutes. WWE would have done this. And it would have been, I'm joining, and they, they would have danced around the D's with him, and 20 seconds later, he would have turned on them. But they actually milked this for three or four minutes, and the commentators sold it, and they let the fans chant, you I mean, the fans thought they're going to go off the air, and he's going to do it. They're chanting, you sold out. And then, like, they, they gave it the time. So this worked. And one thing, Glenn, as you gave the recap, that it gets lost in it. It's, it's kind of just a, a cool little dick move. Um, Moxley takes the keys of the car. He gets the keys of the car, and then he turns on them and he runs out of the building. And he still has the keys of the car, so he's you know he, he stole the car and he kicked the guy's ass. So yeah, I thought this was really well done. Uh, other than um, the rest of the sugar glass bottles breaking <laughs> on oh, the table, yeah. if you catch that on the road, really quick. This Moxley's good. what Moxley did tonight's the definition of the part of the equation we always hear wrestlers talk about. You want to be the guy that guys want to be like and that girls want to be with. Moxley was the definition of that character tonight. WWE could never book him like this. For sure. Yeah. And uh, I think this is good because it does um, seem like a nice uh, continuity between the feuds they had in WWE with Jericho <laughs> and uh, Dean Ember. Even tonight. I mean, famously remember uh, Jericho hit uh, at the time Dean Ambrose in the head with Mitch the Plant tonight. Moxley smashing the champagne bottle over Jericho's head. The fact you remember the the fact that you remember the name of the plant, I love Mitch the Plant. <laughs> we we got ones. They were in a WWE Slam. It was in one of those boxes. I got one too. <laughs> yeah, little Mitch the Plant. Plant your own. Uh, never forget, Mitch. Never forget. Um, no, Mitch. this this is one of uh, probably the best contender or one of the best contenders for the all time classic. When we look back decades from now in AEW, tonight's segment will be showcased. In the best moments of AEW, I think. I thought it was a very, very good way wow. to end the show. Okay. Yeah. You know? Um, so Ooh. let's talk about NXT. Mm -hmm. We open tonight with Rhea Ripley, mm -hmm. and it is her era. She is the NXT women's champion. She beat Shayna Baszler back on December 18th. Feels so long ago because they did uh, the holiday pre-tape show in the year-end awards last week. Um, we got a promo from her and to open the show, just total, total face turn crowd, absolutely loving her. But before she could really get into it, Tony Storm from NXT UK came out. Love that. Yeah. And uh, then let's see, who else do we get? We get Kaylee Ray who came out. Uh, we got Bianca Belair. We got Candice LeRae. Um, and it set up this six woman match, uh, with Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm versus Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and Bianca Belair. So, just can I just say something? Yeah. There's not one weak link in that match, PS, not at all. And that's Dude, that's every like, one of these are number one contenders in my book, like and every like one of them, half maybe a third of the active Dude. talent on NXT's women's roster. Come on, like, 
Yes. Any one of those women could challenge for the women's championship and it be a big money match, in my opinion. They're so damn good. I'm a big fan of um, um, from the UK. Uh, Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Yes. Yeah, they all come off as stars. So I I laughed out loud yeah. <laughs> literally when Bianca Belair goes, "I'm tougher than you. I'm tougher than yes. you. You don't even go here." Yes, <laughs> Mean Girls reference. Yeah, the Mean Girls. Yes. Um, yeah, the only thing I would say, you know, they turned it into a six man tag. I know that because your main event is a fatal four way, you definitely don't want to uh, do anything that's going to be any of a duplicate. I would have rather just be a. a that's every woman for themselves six way, but you're not going to do that because that's your main events four way. You know, I was kind of like eh, six six woman tag. Okay, they, it was a good match, but I would have rather seen all six of them just going at it with each other in a match. Personally, well, and they set some stuff up tonight. So, what's the schedule for defending this stuff? Um, I guess at Worlds Collide, is there going to be a match? It seemed like from the opening intro that maybe Tony Storm is going to challenge. Rhea worlds collide. And I know they talked about a battle Royal. I can't remember if it was next week or the week after that's going to determine the number one women's contender for, um, takeover Portland. So there's a lot going on right now. And they, and, and, and rightfully so they got a lot of talent. They have tons yeah. of talent. This was great, man. I mean, talk about a great way to do it. Every woman in there looked like a superstar tonight. Um, mm-hmm. It was fantastic. So, yeah, it's going to be this Saturday. Kaylee Ray defending the women's the NXT UK Women's Championship against Tony Storm and Piper Niven in a uh, triple threat match. And uh, what's what's up with Worlds Collide? I feel like I don't fully understand what this is going to be. Are we going to have women competing as well as the men? Uh, Justin, have you? I think so, given? yeah. No, I think I so, yeah. yeah. Except I want to say Tony Storm won that title, though. Oh, uh, oh, the the UK title. Yeah. And that would make sense, right? To yes, have it, it be uh, at the World's Collide Tournament, have it be UK champion versus US champion, especially because Rhea Ripley held the UK Women's Championship. Yeah. Yep. So they so they have so they have so they have NXT Takeover in Blackpool this Saturday, and then obviously they have Worlds Collide the night before Royal Rumble. So I mean they have a lot of they they. they which they need to. I mean, they, they have all these other brands. They have the, with the NXT UK and all that they have in NXT, and then you factor in the two hundred five live. I mean, they, you know, they got they got a lot of they need they need they have a lot of talent. They need as much real estate as possible to fit them all in. Uh, Zage is saying, "I'm happy for Rhea, but what happens to Shayna? I think we're not going to see Shayna again to the, to the Royal Rumble, uh, where she's going to enter and then go to the main roster." So bored with her act. No offense. But the main roster could use her right now because, like we said, they need more credible women. Yeah, I guess. But I'll say this. But I'll just say this. She was in that main event. She was in that women's match that that, that, uh, main event in Survivor Series. Oh, yeah. And, Mm -hmm. again, word word on the street was Vince was not pleased with it. So, you you get get that shit. Yeah. Yeah. She's the one that will suffer the most by Ronda coming back. Duh. Yeah. One's a real thing and one's not. No offense. Uh, in terms Ronda of that- is lightning in a bottle as far as being a badass in real life and being believable and being able to make the transition in the ring. Now, granted, Shane has done a good job, okay, but you cannot even possibly compare her to Ronda in that ring. Not even close. Ronda's huh. got a charisma about her, dude. That she does. Is so viable and believable, dude. And every step she takes in that ring, everything she does is believable. Whether you want to hate her or be a fan of hers, she's got that it in spades. 
and Shayna does not have the it factor. Yeah, I feel like just because she's a badass could put people on fake arm bars and make them tap out for a year does not make you a star. You've got to eventually figure it out for yourself who the hell you are and make these fans emotionally invest in you. These fans are not emotionally invested in her. They were emotionally invested in her being a, a undefeated stud that seemed unbeatable. Yeah. Okay. But that gets old once you you're beatable and you lose, then it all goes away. If you've not done your due diligence to be get to figure out what that it factor is about you. To make people relate to you, to hate you or like you. That's okay. your job within that realm of that year being undefeated to figure it out. Goldberg figured it out. Yeah. With Ronda, I think it was the promos, though. I think in hindsight, we're overlooking a lot. I remember there were a lot of awkward promos. There were. There were. Not as. I'll never. I'm just telling you right now. My worst promo this year was literally Shayna ba- Baszler sitting down in a chair in front of Becky. It was terrible. Oh, Drizzling okay. shit. It was bad. So Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, and Candice LeRae won that six-women tag match. And then we started the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, the first round match, Imperium versus the Forgotten Sons. Imperium picking up the win. Good match, but man, what's up with the Forgotten Sons? Matt, do you think it's risky to have your gimmick be like the we're all the ones in NXT everyone forgot about, and now it's like (laughs) just getting jobbed out? I mean, it hasn't done wonders for their That's career. That's not why they're called the Forgotten Sons. They're Forgotten Sons because of being military vets. No, dude, we look, they're not all former military. I think one is. They're playing the role of them, I'm saying. I thought it was like Sons of Anarchy, like they were a motorcycle gang. But I thought there was sort of a double meaning. They're like, hey, we're guys that have been in NXT that nobody gives a shit about. No, not with long, like the motorcycle gang part, I would say, yeah. And throw in the fact that they're military vets. Yeah, one of them, whatever. They, <laughs> one of them are, but I thought they all like the other two were playing the role. This this will be funny, Matt. Can you name all the Forgotten Sons? No. Exactly. You forgot who's even in the Forgotten Sons. I rest mm-hmm. my case. <laughs> well, just obviously, I didn't forget um, my guy from TNA. Yeah. So the Forgotten Sons: Wesley Blake, Steve Cutler, Jackson Riker. Okay, so I didn't know his name was Jackson Riker. I forgot that. Yes. Um, so I thought this was a good win for uh, Imperium. I thought this was a good match overall. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. kind of like we were talking about earlier, these tag team tournaments are tough nobody to cares. get excited about. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was the mistake having so much. I, I feel like they're banking on this too much. I feel like they but, feel like the Dusty Classic is way more over than it is. I think but, the mistake is we're spending too many seconds talking about it. Okay. Between the two shows, look at the amount of tag matches we got tonight. This shows. was a very big Wednesday yeah. for tag team matches. But yeah. were you excited? What you think of Matt Riddle's promo? Best 30 seconds potentially of the night. For NXT it was, not for, for NXT. NXT. Yes. Yeah, that was a tr- <laughs> I yes. mean, that's talk about we get back to our conversation about writers. You don't need a writer to write that. You know, you might have somebody who has like a, like one passing idea of like maybe one line, but that's Matt mm-hmm. Riddle putting that in the Matt Riddle right. vocabulary. That's yes. just, you know, let the yes. guy go. Took a hit off his vape pen and then <sighs> was like, I got it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes. He's a definitive character. Yes. He knows uh, who he is. So teaming with Pete Dunn, they're going to be the broserweights. It's so stupid. I love it. It it's is so stupid. It's ridiculous. funny. Yeah. Um, we saw the uh, NXT UK tag team champions. Uh, we'll talk about the match that mm-hmm. uh, they had. I forgot NXT had UK 
tag team champions. I, I don't watch that show, so I can't really comment. Uh, we got Austin Theory versus Joaquin Wild tonight. Uh, Austin seems over. Uh, Joaquin yeah. was the guy with the mask, right? Yeah, he's former uh, DJZ, Shima Zion, uh, Zima Ion. Uh, DNA. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Austin won this match. But good to see uh, Zima Ion back on TV, though. He's very, very good and great, still very young. Great guy. Very Yeah, still he's got a lot, a lot of life ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And that mask is a super unique look. Well, mm-hmm. and that ma- and that mask, he actually the same look that uh, Ali does, Mustafa Ali does. Uh, I call him Shima. He did that same thing for a while in the Indies. He'd been doing that whole look, and then he had to kind of like find some kind of different look because obviously Ali was already doing like literally like the the glow coming out, glowing, and, and the visor and the mask and everything. But yeah, I mean, I, he, I, th- I still think he's got a creative look to him. He's very exotic looking. Mm-hmm. He's I. I he always did. Do you remember what he used to look like in the Indies in Pittsburgh? He, he started. Yeah, he started here. He trained. Do you remember here. what he used to look like yeah. with the hairstyle? Yeah, it was so different. He would do his his thing when he was Shima Zion, and he'd yep. always have the hairspray bottle, and he would do this when he got in the ring, and he'd spray the hair as he's doing as he's as he's doing like kind of like an Undertaker move. Uh, yeah, he's a talented guy. He is. He's been around forever, but the dude was like freaking twelve years old when he started. I want to right. say he was so young and yep. always super athletic. Yeah. And he's a, and he's a, he's, he's genuinely like a good person. Like you want to yeah, see him succeed. Yeah. Undisputed era. Mm-hmm. We had Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish face off against uh, Wolfgang and Mark Coffey, the NXT UK Tag Team Champions yeah. tonight. Champs versus champs, but undisputed era going over. I didn't yeah. care. It didn't care, but like when I was telling you earlier about they throw two singles acts together usually for these Dusty Rhodes Tag Tournament winners. In the past, they've done that. Um, these two um, are, are the real deal. It's a tag team, obviously. Um, O'Reilly, obviously, and Fish. I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, this didn't matter. This match didn't do anything for me. But it, these these two better win this tournament. They've been tagging forever, right? Yeah. The rest of these other guys are generally, except for who they were tonight, are not really t- tag teams. I feel like. The flaws in NXT, aside from putting way too much on this tournament, I mean, this is where mm-hmm. Undisputed Era needs to be in a hot faction-wide rivalry with someone because it's just, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. So, so what? They don't anchor it, down, like they don't weigh it down because it's so obvious that they're going to win, you mean? Or what do you mean by that? Well, I'm saying that if you're going to have a faction, if you have all these guys out there together and you're going to mm-hmm. be Undisputed holds the gold, right? North American yeah. title, tag team championship well, title. They should be battling against another faction. I think they could have come out of war games and had a better defined storyline about group versus group. What's funny about that, Glenn, what you're saying is what I normally say about groups and factions on raw or SmackDown. I normally say, you know, that WWE with raw and SmackDown have a bad habit with Wyatt family with new day that everybody that they all have to go against one common enemy. You know, why can't, Big E challenge for a world title while Xavier and Kofi go for tag. Why can't Bray do this while Harper and Rowan do something else? That's the that's the philosophy that they're taking here with the Undisputed Era. It's not as effective because, as we've talked about, Adam Cole is the freaking star of that, and the other three are kind of like so. The Undisputed Era, as you as you I think you're trying to say, they probably all should have a common enemy and should stick together. But they're doing with them what I wish they would do with more trios and groups elsewhere in the company, which is let them have multiple storylines and multiple feuds. How long do you think uh, this lasts with Undisputed Era holding all the gold? 
uh, maybe to the Mania, the Mania week. I mean, I don't know how much. I mean, they've, they've had a good run as is, and now with weekly television, I, you know. Do you think they all lose it the same night? Uh, that would be pretty poetic, right? Or all of them except for one, and that one who holds on holds on to it. Something you know, if like uh, all of them lose except for at, you know, I, I think you certainly that's that's kind of the gimmick, right? That that all they all have to fall at the same time. It can't be staggered. Yeah, and then they implode. Then you could have some good right internal strife, especially if no one's going anywhere. If they're all staying in NXT, right? I think that's uh, a way, and I think it'll make them more interesting. Um, so I want to talk about this tonight with. Uh, we did see that Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews are going to be in action against Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne for the Dusty Classic first round match next week. I'm guessing that Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne are going to win that match. I think, but then I think on that side of the bracket, they play, they they take on Imperium, and I could see Imperium beating them. I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I mean, or Riddle and Dunne go all the way to the finals against Undisputed Era. I think that's that's kind of your two scenarios, right? Yeah, and that would kind of work actually. Um, that, and that kind of actually could build what uh, we've been talking about, like where I think those guys could anchor a really good faction. Broser weights, tell you, man, if that merch sells, wow, it's, it's, it's just a temporary thing. I mean, I think that those two guys are such stars. If it gets wise. a t-shirt, Justin, <laughs> yeah, right. Signals wise, what, what's Pete Dunn been doing? Well, but he's still again. If you you know, I don't watch it every all the time, but you know, he's he's good for the NXT UK brand. He, he's a good single star on his own. And as Ernie is pointing out, they really were doing a lot of vignettes tonight to promote the NXT UK superstars. Uh, TakeOver, I think a lot of people don't even know is happening this Saturday. TakeOver, uh, NXT UK TakeOver. And oddly enough, uh, um, there's a whole different feel. And, and like Triple H, Triple H normally does a media conference call with us by now when there's a TakeOver event coming up. And, and I haven't got a, a text or email that we're doing that. So, yeah, it, is, it does not feel like it has the normal weight of a TakeOver. I can only attribute to the fact that it's it's standing by itself where we're so used to takeovers being part of a big WWE weekend of pay-per-views. Yeah. Matt, what did you think tonight? Johnny Gargano's promo and his exchange with Finn Balor. Great. You didn't like it. That was good, man. I mean, takeover of Portland is going to be here before we know it when they uh, face each other on February 16th. And when I say great and the scale for Johnny Gargano promos, I'm saying, um, I don't expect much. Do you know what I mean? I don't think he's a world beater promo to begin with. So I'm not expecting him to cut a world beater promo here. Uh, I hope for it, right? I think we all do. But uh, it was passable. It was good. Yeah. Justin, you excited for this? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited I, for yeah. Am I excited <laughs> for the matchup? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the match. I'm more excited for the match than the build because I feel like we got five more weeks that they're going to build this. And like you said, I mean, we got to do something, right? And tonight, one thing we should talk about. Tommaso Ciampa got multiple vignettes tonight talking about his leaving and coming back. Like, I feel like there's, I don't know, not uncertainty, but I'm curious to see how this is all going to evolve as we get a little closer. Where is he going, though? I don't know. Who's uh, Ciampa up against next, Justin? Have they announced it? Could it be a triple threat? No, his whole gimmick is he wants that title back. Oh, that's right. He's he's stalking Adam Cole in that title. Yes, that's why the Fatal 4-Way was for the number one contender for the NXT North American title, because we'll probably have Cole versus Ciampa at TakeOver Portland. Ciampa, one of the best lines in the vignette, Ciampa said, you know, that title was his life. He wants his life back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, we got a promo for another team, the Grizzled Young Veterans. I swear to God, this have a random name generator that comes up with these things. Um, the NXT UK tag team, Zach Gibson and James Drake. And uh, Kushida's mystery partner for the Dusty Classic is going to be Alex Shelley. So they were tag team partners in Japan and on the indies as the time splitters. Say that again. Uh, Kushida is going to be pairing with Alex Shelley. And so they were the time splitters tag team in uh, Japan yeah, and were. on the indies. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're going over the grizzled young veterans next week. It's my prediction. One would hope. Yes. Mia Yim versus Caden Carter. Uh, Mia picking up a fairly easy win here. But uh, again, man, I see, I think Caden, actually amazed how much Caden loses. I think she's got a really, really great look. Um, she does, but this is a needed win, I thought, for Mia. Yeah, yeah Mia's a stud. So. She, yeah. is, she needed this win. Ah, and then we saw, oh, Chelsea Green came out and attacked out of nowhere. Uh, Chelsea Green managed by Robert Stone, of course. Podcast listeners know him as Robbie E. And I like, I like that, that. Yeah, I mean, I like seeing Chelsea uh, in this role. I thought she looked great. But 2020 is going to be the year of the Robert Stone brand. I like that. I like that he was representing her. Yeah. Uh, the brand angle. Can anything really beat Titus Worldwide? We'll see. Robbie E is funny. You know what I mean? He's pulled yeah. off some pretty lame stuff to make it inter- interesting and entertaining in the past, right? So fingers crossed for him. He's a good dude. He's worked very hard to yeah. get here. When the origin of your gimmick is to be a parody of the Jersey Shore and, you, and you're able to mm-hmm. give yourself your own legs, that's, you know. For that amount of time, too, yeah. on top of it. Yeah. He did a great job. He's a good dude. That dude was in squash matches with me. That tells yeah. you how long he's been looking to finally make it big in the business. It's taken him this to this point. And we're talking 2004, 2005. I, I, I know that. I, I mean, I've been fortunate to get to 15 to, years ago. I've been fortunate to get to meet and, and hear and pick brains of a lot of people, a lot of good people. Uh, I, I managed Wardlow opposite uh, Robbie E a couple years ago. And Robbie E is well, and Robbie e is a smart dude. Like, not, not just with comedy stuff. He, he knew comedy, but like, he's just a no, smart dude. No, you remember dude. telling us is that he put together the match and he was yeah, um, really just, easy to work with and yeah, smart yeah, yeah, dude. Just, yeah. He really is. I don't know. He is. Happy to see him get a shot with WWE. Hell yeah. Didn't he just resign recently? You mean resign? He just I mean, like came just on. Nothing, yeah. 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 He just got, yeah. He went, he went to like one of the PC tryouts. He did like, he kind of like, I want to see like, guys though. It's longer than we think. I think he's been there at least eight months. Hmm. I was going to say, cause what's up with Stokely I, Hathaway as who? Malcolm Bivens. So Stokely Hathaway, independent wrestler signed. What was it a year ago? Justin new no. rebranded as Malcolm Bivens supposed to be doing a manager managerial role guys. Fantastic on the mic. So mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that Robbie is, leapfrogging a little bit and getting this TV time in a managerial role. Well, to be fair, he's, he's had bigger game experience. Hmm. Yeah. We shall see. Uh, Let's talk about this fatal four way to crown a new number one contender Mm -hmm. for the NXT North American title. Damian priest versus Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic versus Cameron Grimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hell of a match. The fatal four way tonight with uh, the new number one contender. He's mm-hmm. going to face Roderick Strong at TakeOver being Keith Lee. I mean, they did a good job making the North American title mean something, right, with these four? Fighting yeah. for the number one contendership for that title, you know? They make yeah, well, they do a better job of making – I thought these four did a better job of making that title mean more than the actual champion currently does, quite frankly. Well, and when was the last time we saw a number one contenders match 
for the Intercontinental or for the United States title match or for the United oh, States title. That, that, mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this, this felt big. The you know? command event. You're right. Yeah. We did see that like two months ago, Justin, for the U.S. But, title. But yes, we did. But, well, but well. Here's, here's the thing. The title itself, North American title, doesn't mean much. Um, and the champion currently doesn't really do much for me in elevating it. The fact that these four were fighting for it and doing whatever the hell it took to get it to me made that championship more than a lot of – what's his name did a good job with it? What was his name? He's injured right now. My favorite, Usually my favorite guy in NXT. Well, the Dream. He did Velvet a good Dream. job with it. Absolutely. And, no, apparently they're going to wrestle in two weeks. So uh, I'll, I'll, I will be shocked right. if Keith Lee wins this title from Roderick Strong on free TV. I think he's got to win, right? Well, we were talking about this, Matt. Do you have Undisputed Era lose all the gold on the same night at a takeover? How do mm. you do this? I don't, like, I don't like that. I don't like when that happens. Uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I think that's kind of the whole point of this. They all have the gold. They all fall at the same time. Yeah. Then what? They implode. They start and they fight fingers. each other. They start pointing fingers at who's the weak link. And if, oh, if, if, okay. if, yeah, if, and, if Adam, and if Adam Cole or Adam Cole, you know, like okay. he's a stud, right? I mean, so like they all implode, point fingers, or they plot. You know, I don't know. I think that's just that's where this got to go at some point. He's yeah. he's an HBK in a faction full of Genetis. Or he's the or he's the um uh, back when they had Evolution. Who won? Uh, Rain, what was they, they they kicked Randy Orton out first? You mm-hmm. know, Triple H gave him the famous thumbs down, and Batista mm-hmm. dropped him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or Orton got too big for his predecessors. Yeah. All right. Um, this was a good match, but man, I felt it was tough to to switch over to this, uh, paying full attention to this uh, mm-hmm. after AEW went off the air. Because it was. Yeah. Good match, but yeah, tonight. I mean, and fairness on this tonight felt similarly um, heavy on wrestling, a little lighter on story. There were some good moments and good developments, but I don't think either show put on their best episode tonight. They didn't, them. but I thought AEW edged them out. For, for, for what I like watching for. Yeah. So there you have it, Justin. We got some quick news stuff to, to get to. Yeah, real quick. We'll give you two stories. One, uh, this coming uh, report from uh, Meltzer and uh, the Observer Radio that uh, Io Shirai uh, reportedly not uh, necessarily happy with how she's being used in NXT. Of course, uh, she was one of the ones we saw in that opening uh, segment tonight for the women on NXT. Mm-hmm. But uh, supposedly, you know, maybe not, maybe not thrilled with how she's been booked. Um, uh, the report is her money is nothing great in NXT and that, uh, over in Japan, uh, of course, where she's from, uh, they have, there's a, uh, uh, a company called the stardom, the stardom mm-hmm. women's wrestling promotion in Japan is looking to maybe get Shirai back to them to build their promotion around her. It should also be noted Shirai's, um, uh, fiance is a wrestler in new Japan. So it'd be nice if she can get back obviously closer to home with him. So, a lot of speculation that her contract might be up uh, in a couple months here and whether or not uh, she decides to stay or will return to Japan. So, well, uh, see you later. Yep. I think she's a star, but you got to pay your dues before you get, you know. She's a star, but she's a, there's just so much talent in the women's division across yeah, all, all three so brands. You know? If you're a star, rise. Rise up above them. The other story here, uh, if there are any kids listening, you don't want them uh, to hear any language, so mute, the, mute it now. So, uh, so <laughs> The Miz was on WWE backstage on FS1 Tuesday night, and The Miz kind of you know, making some references as he's talking to Paige Renee Young. Wasn't this the best ever? Wasn't it the best episode ever? You know, Kind of just doing this Miz shtick, and oh, I'm sorry, I didn't change the culture. Taking a little shot at, you know, of course, when CM Punk showed up 
and, and said, I'm changing the culture. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently CM Punk didn't like the trolling uh, that, that, that The Miz was doing. CM Punk put out a tweet late last night. It's since been deleted, but the tweet <laughs> read like this. Go suck a blood money covered dick in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, you fucking dork. Um, so the he CM Punk just firing at them is he deleted it since, but it's got the rest of the world talking. It was, I, I don't have the stats, but if Raj hopped on here, I'd have to believe it was the most viewed and read story today on wrestling. He hates Miz. He's always hated Miz. <laughs> there you got it. Get it, man. So there you have it. So I promised I'd give it out here at the end of the episode where I posted the music online as a follow-up to Monday. If you want to hear my band, some nostalgia from the mid to late 90s, go to soundcloud.com slash headboard. And I've posted a selection of tracks that I painstakingly curated from all that's available uh, as a good representation of the music we made. How could you not have cashed in all over this after Monday night is my question. Well, part of it, Matt. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've done a lot you're of different things. Not, you're clearly not a worker in the wrestling business, Glenn. Like, <laughs> the, the interest was at an all-time peak. And there's going to be interest here. And you fans, sure. I mean, dead serious. You need to check this stuff out. You're going to be shocked. I was. And it's, people can Google it. People can find good. it on their own. They're smart. I got a lot of tweets from people that found it on their own. But I said I would put together something that was a little, you know, because there's like four, 30 or 40 tracks out there. You could dig. No one's no one's that hardcore. They don't need to dig through that much of me. Oh, yeah, uh, this this is like Bohemian Rhapsody being forgotten about. And then all of a sudden, Wayne's World uses it, <laughs> and they and they surge back in sales. <laughs> this is your chance for the for the box set to get re released. Not that they could hear it that well off of my phone, I'm guessing, but like one was rock. The next song I put on here was rap. Showed your versatility. And that's what I put together. I put together a collection of things, and it's free. I mean, you can buy the albums on Apple Music, and we're on Spotify. I think I make maybe about $100 a year from uh, streaming residuals and royalties and whatnot. But if people want to check it out, I put up some tracks for free, soundcloud.com slash headboard. Let me know what you think of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I like I said, Matt, I made peace with it. I'm not thinking like, oh, now's my chance. Now's my chance to bring no, it back. No, but to let most people hear your stuff, your work. It's your work. Uh, these people had no idea. It's like a secret life that none of these fans nor <laughs> I knew about. Yes. So these fans are emotionally invested in you. And you sh- I'm just saying, let them know. I about appreciate it. it. I appreciate all the kind words from everyone. It's very nice to hear. I will say that I feel like uh, if if I have one uh, criticism in hindsight, I don't think the world was quite quite ready for the style of music we were making at the time. And I feel now hip hop and pop and male vocals, uh, like uh, male rapping and female oh, singing, mm-hmm. it's much more common now. We were doing it before the Black Eyed Peas were. We were doing rap and song Jeez. before Linkin Park was. Jeez. We actually did a show with the Black Eyed Peas back when they were a hip hop duo. And we had a female singer. Conspiracy theorists abound uh, as to where they might have wow. gotten the idea from. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unique. It's a time capsule. There needs, there needs to be a documentary done. That's show. pretty you cool, guys, though. Yeah. You guys really well, Some of these groups that he's played with is pretty impressive. Run DMC. Run DMC, yes. Papa Roach. Papa yeah, Roach. Bloodhound, Bloodhound Gang at the peak of their popularity. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good On time. the same playing field as Papa Roach. Like, same level, he said. I think Papa Roach opened for us. That's there the you go. Even worse. See? Yeah, it is That's worse. awesome. SoundCloud.com slash headboard. I'll leave that up for uh, a while on there. And I made everything downloadable too, by the way. So you can download it and put it on the device of your choice. Glenn Street Cred. You've just turned, (laughs) you've become become a baby face on this podcast. You're just. He's always been a baby face on this podcast. That's kind of my shtick. I mean, maybe because without this beard, I look like a giant baby. I mean, it's really pathetic. Uh, Anyhow. 
He's at BP Matt Morgan. He's at Justin Labar. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. And we will be back here Friday night to talk about SmackDown. So until then, folks, take care. And we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.